tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing, man. Yeah, that's remarkable. Alex, what are you listening to these days? Any new bands that have broke through to you? Any albums? Are you spinning? I've been going back and listening to uh, some Ovlov. Oh, Ovlov? Ovlov? Don't you love the first time you have to say a name out loud? Mm-hmm. Like I like listen to them for years, but no one's ever asked me who I'm listening to. <laughs> this happened to me the other day with um, oh oh I I was listening. I've been watching Better Call Saul. Finally, I had never watched any of it while I was running live. It finally wrapped up like a year ago at this point. Um, but I was making my way through it, and the lead actress in that in that show is called is named Ray Seahorn, R H E A. And I was just saying Rhea in my head the whole time, the whole time. And when I finished the show, I went and listened to a bunch of podcasts about it. And everybody was just saying like Ray. And I didn't know if that was like a nickname. And then I realized that that was just like the actual pronunciation. <laughs> you you tried your best, you know? I just sounded, I like to sound things out phonetically because, you know, it makes more sense to me. It was like, I, that was, that was like a whole like viral like thing I feel like on Tumblr or Twitter where it was like if someone like mispronounces a word like don't make fun of them because like it means they learned it while they were reading and they're like trying their but I it, it like it means they read I could not be more out on on this discourse done <laughs> next what else are you listening to <laughs> Mannequin Pussies got a yeah got an album coming out next year they've been dropping some music for that also Foxing released their their 10 year anniversary uh, covers compilation of their seminal album, The Albatross, with some uh, with some featuring some bands that you and I actually uh, enjoy. Sweet Pill is on there. Oh yeah, Carly Cosgrove is on there. I, I I'm glad you mentioned Sweet Pill because uh, this didn't make it into the interview that you're about to listen to with Pool Kids, but we got on the Zoom and you noticed that Christine, the lead singer, was wearing a Sweet Pill shirt, and you're like, oh, is that a Sweet Pill shirt that I see? Very cool. And then I, I panned the camera down to reveal that I, too, was wearing a different Sweet Pill shirt. So I think from that moment, I was like, all right, we're all on the same like, page right. here. We're, we're going we're gonna to do all right. <laughs> um, the reason I asked you what you're listening to is I was just getting listeners prepared for us talking about things that have nothing to do with baseball. Because that's what this episode <laughs> is going to be like. <laughs> what, I mean, what about you? Do you want to? Oh, I've been on a little bit of a journey recently to try to add some new artists into my rotation. Because. Mm, okay. You know, getting back out into the world, going to a lot of movies, so I'm spending a lot of time on the subway. There's only so many times. I mean, this isn't actually true because I could listen to my favorite albums ever made like every single day and not get tired of them. That's why they're my favorite albums. But, you know, you want to use this time that we have on this, this precious time that we have on Earth wisely and expose yourself to as many bands as possible. So I've been on a little bit of a little bit of a journey. I just um, started listening to this band called Antarctico Vespucci. Mm which is a creative collaboration between two artists that I like named Chris Farron and Jeff Rosenstock. Didn't know that going into listening to it. And at like four songs <laughs> in, I was like, fucking, this sounds a lot like Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went into the, to the description and I was like, that's because it's Jeff Rosenstock. It's Jeff. He has like 12 bands. 
this is the tough part. So that's the same case for Into It Over It, who we saw in concert a couple weeks ago. Like five different projects, always kind of in and around the emo scene, collaborating with people in a really cool way. And then every once in a while you realize like you're listening to two artists and you're like, I like this artist because it's like the other artist. And then it's the same artist. It's that artist. Yeah. Um, but yes, you know, Sweet Pill. I, you'll be happy to know that I'm fully, I was like a foot, one foot in, one foot was getting ready to step into the water for Hot Mulligan. And now I'm mm-hmm. like two feet in, I did a cannonball in. I'm totally yeah. in mm-hmm. on, on their album, Why Would I, I Watch? I am happy to hear that, honestly. <laughs> My friend Saul sent it to me and he was like, I don't know if you'll like this, but I think you might love it. And yeah. I listened to it once and... I think I was like on a plane and like kind of half asleep and whatnot. And I was like, this is not the music I need to be listening to at this moment. And then I came back to it a couple months later. And now I'm fully in. Um, and then uh, Rap Boys. You familiar yeah, with Rap Boys? I am, yeah. Really good album. Released this past August. With just one of my favorite songs of the year that is like nine minutes long. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We should have five minute guitar solos in the middle of songs if they sound good. Can I can I just say this makes me really happy. I'm sure the listeners are fascinated by this, but this makes me really happy because like for a little while there, you know, like we have like similar music tastes, like adjacent right. music tastes. Um, but like there would be a band that you would mention and then I'd be like, oh, I'm not super familiar. Or I would say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm checking out this artist. And you're like, oh, I've never heard of them. We and, were like and- perpendicular lines just in the same genre, just like one degree of separation, just right next to each other. Yeah, and and for a little while there, you were like, yeah, you know, I just, I'm trying to listen to more music. Like, I don't really listen to a lot of, like, new music lately. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, you're cranking out pods, right? I've ditched and pods so, entirely now. I don't listen to any yes, new pods. Somebody, come back. That's some, right. You've seen <laughs> the mean, light. I listen to pods that I already like and want to listen to, but I will never check out a new podcast from this point wow. forward. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I actually will, but you know what I mean. But I'm like, I'm trying to replace that with music. But anyway, you were saying. No, I just I'm I'm happy that that they're finally dovetailing. You know, it took a little too long. It's probably been like three years since I first started to try to get into Bright Eyes because of you, because right. you are just like deep in your Oberst bag, which <laughs> I just never really got it. I mean, the songwriting and the lyricism and stuff, but like the actual music and his voice, I'm still not fully in on Bright Eyes. But listeners will be happy to know that Alex and I have truly met in the middle, like the the two jacked dudes shaking hands meme. Over Desaparecidos. Yeah, right. Their album from 2000, 2000, 2001, which is called Read Music Speak Spanish. I just think it's the greatest album ever made. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think it's literally <laughs> the greatest album ever made. Uh, so that concludes Alex and Bobby's music recommendations. And thus begins the portion of the podcast where we talk to real musicians who make good music. Uh, Christina is going to tell the full Pete Alonso story for your baseball needs. And then we're just going to talk about what it's like to be a touring musician. This will probably remind people a lot of the conversation that we've had, or the conversations that we've had over the years with our friend Steve Sladkowski of Pup. Um, it was really cool to meet Christine and Andy. And if you don't know Pool Kids, and you like this pod, and you, you kind of you, you recognize a couple of those bands that we mentioned, I got to say, Pool Kids, check them out. Mm-hmm. Doing really interesting stuff. Going to be huge. Going to be huge, in my personal opinion. Some might say they already are. Some might say when when you get the cosigns they've gotten, you're you're there. Okay, let's go to our conversation with uh, Christine Goodwine and Andy and Naya of Pool Kids. But before we do, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Basley. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches, a podcast that for this week is not really about baseball.
Okay, we are uh, so happy to be joined by Christine Goodwine and Andy Anaya of Pool Kids. Hi, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi, of course. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's it's always such a treat to just like use this platform as an opportunity to just like talk to musicians we like. Like we really don't have a sense of... (laughs) Of like, you know, who in our audience is a pool kids fan? I think after this, uh, after this episode, many more. Um, but nice. this one's really, I think, uh, for us is for us as much <laughs> as anyone else. So, well, you Very made cool. it easy. You you guys made it easy because you sent the tweet that rocked the baseball world about halfway through <laughs> this yeah. year mm-hmm. in the middle of June. I don't need to read the whole tweet about that you sent, Christine, about right. knowing Pete Alonzo in, in middle school, in high school, high school, high school. Um, yes. because I'm sure people have seen it by now. But um, my first question about that is, where did it come from? Why did you decide to send it that day? What? How did you choose the photo? Like, what? Take good me through it. Walk me question. through it. All very good questions. So what made me decide to actually tweet it was, um, well, first of all, First of all, let me actually back up and say how I even... Because as someone who's not necessarily a baseball fan much at all, like I don't keep up with it, I didn't even know that like Pete Alonzo's life had turned into this. Like I had no <laughs> idea. Like I graduated high school and did not hear his name again until uh, maybe... I don't know if it was... Okay, I was cleaning pools with my dad. Um, it's a coincidence that he cleans pools. That is not what the band is named after. He started doing that after I named the band name. Um, But I was cleaning pools a summer with my dad and he listens to like sports radio. And um, I'm like zoned out on my phone. And then I keep hearing them talk about that. Like blah, blah, blah. Pete Alonzo, the New York Mets, Pete Alonzo. And they were talking about like some type of record, I think, or something that he like is breaking. I I don't know exactly what, but they just kept saying his name. And then I was, I like, it hit me and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, Pete Alonso. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I don't want fucking Pete Alonso. And I was like, dad, like, and he was like, yeah, he's like from Tampa. And I was like, oh my God. Like the, I like started Googling it and then I saw his face and it like clicks for me. I'm like, oh my God. Like Pete Alonso is like famous. Like I was like <laughs> freaking out. It was like this huge shock. And uh, so, you know, that was just some crazy thing. I'm like, tell me a dad. I'm like, dad, like I'm like in English like I know this guy and stuff and you know he thought that was cool or whatever so um from that point on pretty much any any time I was home um in Tampa with my parents my dad would like talk say some shit about Pete Alonso oh blah 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 Pete Alonso like <laughs> uh, you know just like talking about it giving me updates on like his career or whatever and um so I was home with my parents or had just finished like a trip with them or whatever so it was just kind of like floating around in my mind again this whole Pete Alonso thing and um, it just kind of hit, occurred to me one day. I was like, yeah. I was like, because I always talked to my dad about how he was a really nice guy and stuff. And I was like, I feel like Mets fans would like, just like to hear this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Great contextual information. Yeah. And I was just like, because, you know, whenever I have like a musician or whatever, someone that I like, you love to hear, like people always ask like, you know, what was Haley Williams like in high school? You know, what were they like? Like for people that grew up with them who really know or whatever. And so I was like, I feel like they would just like to hear this, that he was like a nice guy or whatever. So I just drafted up the tweet. Um, the picture, I think I just like Google image and tried to find the one that felt like the most like, I don't know, 
was how I remember him or like <laughs> yeah. that encompassed his like, you know, little himbo smile. And yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was, so that's how I picked it. And a couple people quote tweeted it like, oh my God, this picture made me think he like died or something. Like it was some type <laughs> oh, of Jesus. announcement or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. But yeah, so that's that's from the, the pool, from the pool kids official account right. break, breaking that news. <laughs> yeah, breaking the news. But yeah, that's the context on what made me like the build up for me making the tweet. <laughs> did you did you have a sense like back in high school of like oh because like I mean sometimes if you're if you're like you know not into sports as much or whatever you might be like I this this kid could be the best player on the face of the earth or he might actually like you know never play beyond high school like did you have a sense of hey maybe I mean, he's got something going on here i just knew because again even in high school i didn't really keep up with sports but i mean people definitely just like talked about like because he played you know in high school and people you know teachers and stuff i think would definitely bring it up you know like whoa pete like that was like you hit a crazy you know home run or whatever like people definitely like talk about how he was good. That's the only thing I can really remember. So, you know, I I didn't like think much of it just because I'm not in that world, but I was like, okay, like, yeah, he is apparently some great like baseball player, you know, but that's, that's all the thought I gave it. (laughs) So, so Andy, I've been led to believe that you are the baseball expert among a band of not big baseball fans. Expert is such a strong word. (laughs) You came in (laughs) relatively speaking hot with the Hanshin Tigers jersey. Yeah, great. Great on a curve. You're the expert. But yeah, did were you able to make this connection? Like, were you able to provide context for this when when Christine realized or when I, I saw the tweet after it was sent out as well, and I was like. What like <laughs> Pete Alonso? Like because I knew he was like a rookie of the year at one point, and like yeah, uh, like a uh, was it a hits leader or an R- or RBI leader or something? Home like runs that? leader, yeah. Okay, home, home runs, runs leader. leader. So I'm like, that is not like a small accomplishment. Like that's insane. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. she was like, oh yeah, he's so nice. Blah blah blah. And I was like, what the hell? That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Should we should we give context to what the tweet was? We probably should, yeah. I don't know. In high school, he sat in front of me. Um, it was assigned seats. Um, and I just remember, like, I-, I was, like, I wasn't a full-on, like, scene kid in high school, but I was, like, kind of, like, hung with that crowd. Like, I had the, like, I heart boobies bracelet, and I was, like, you know, all, like, edgy, like, I hate jocks, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. shit like that. And I just, like, you know, I didn't like any of the kids, like, in that, like, crowd or whatever. So, like... You know, I was kind of just like, like, whatever, like, you know, this like jock guy or whatever. Um, And I didn't think I would like, like him or whatever. But then like, I remember him. um, I think I was wearing a shirt. I want to say it was like either a Silverstein shirt or like um, a day to remember or something like that. And he was like, oh, like, I think it was the first time he talked to me. He was like, oh, like you like that band or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And like, I think he's like fucking with me. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's right. doing that like popular kid thing when they're like, oh, are you like your little emo bit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, me too. And I was like, like, stop fucking with me. Like, you're being a dick. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, I'm serious. And I was, I kind of like named one song to him probably. And he like <laughs> answered it. And I was like, oh, I was like, you're not fucking with me. And he was like, yeah, like, I, I love that band. Like, this is my favorite band, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, like this guy's kind of fucking cool and then uh yeah it was um it was a what what was the class like it was like ap english or some shit like that and we had to give speeches all the time 
and he would always um, get like so fucking red, like like beat red when he had to give his speeches, and his voice would like shake and quiver. And I always like felt for him so hard. I'm like, just get through this, Pete. Like you got it. <laughs> like it was like secondhand, like you know, just like pain. But it was like very like sweet. I'm like, okay, he's like a shy, like nice guy that like would actually have a conversation with me and stuff. And yeah, so I mean, in the tweet, I was just like, haha, like fun fact, I sat behind Pete Alonzo in high school. Um, he was really just like a, a sweet little himbo. And then I mentioned like the girl he was dating, it was also interesting, like was not one of those like, you know, I, I don't know. She, she was just like outside of what I felt his social circle was, which I also thought was like kind of cool. I'm like, okay, this guy is like, down to earth you know he's not doing the whole like high school like click thing or whatever even though he very easily could so i don't know i just tweeted saying he's like a sweet himbo and it, like a genuine guy or whatever and then like mets fans started going fucking crazy yeah mets <laughs> twitter like... is its own little vortex but so so you've let us believe that there's been updates on this story and i have heard through the grapevine that um pete has been asked to listen to your guys's music yes that that's basically the update but um it's nothing that crazy but um yeah, the Mets fans like started like blowing it up. I was like, oh shit. And it was like making them very happy. And then they said a lot of like, you're like, oh, this is exactly what I thought of Pete. And then I thought that was really cool because I didn't realize that that's the reputation that he had already, you know, with, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, he's like a goofball or whatever. So I was like, okay, this is like funny. And then some like journalists and stuff that like seemed like they kind of had some like clout were like yes. talking about it. Yeah. So it was actually friend of the show, Lindsay Adler, who's been on the show multiple yes. times, who is a big fan the of Wall your guys' Wall Street Journal person. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she used to work at The Athletic, and she covered she covered New York sports and New York baseball teams, and she's a big fan of yours. We were at the show together when you guys opened for Pup, and she was like, Pete, you should check out this band. Like, they <laughs> tweeted about you, and it's like the kind of music that you would like. Yes, yeah. So that was like, the tweet had been out for like a few weeks, you know, and blown over and... The the bigger it got, I uh, started thinking like, oh, fuck, like, man, like, I didn't think about him maybe actually seeing it. And then I started kind of overthinking it. I'm like, oh, my God, did I just like accidentally like roast him a little bit in the tweet? Because I was talking about how his voice would shake and he'd get red. And then I started feeling bad about it and weird. Um, and then like two weeks later, he DMs us. He follows the band and DMs us. And I'm like, yo. And he was like, let me just pull up the message. Yo, what's up? Three question marks. You guys are awesome. Keep up the awesome work for exclamation points. <laughs> what time does the show in Brooklyn start on July 29th? So then we're thinking like, oh shit, like Pete's trying to come to Polka's show. And we're like... Oh, that would have brought th- down the house. That would have been like my I biggest know. regret ever if he went mm-hmm. to that show and we I didn't know. make it out to that one. That would have been terrible for I me know, personally. But the thing was, we looked up the Mets schedule as soon as he said that and they had a game like that night. So we were like, <laughs> we were like, first of all, why are you even asking? Like, don't you have the game? Right. <laughs> but um, I guess he was, cause he asked what time I'm like, was he thinking he would be able to swing both? Like, I don't know, but he thought you guys were going to go on at like midnight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they were like at the Nats too. I'm like, there's no oh way homeboy is going to make it oh, to he's this gonna game. Charter the PJ up after to go to, but to, honestly, come to the pool kids show. That's so such relatable energy is like, yeah. is like, you know, suggesting that, you know, even if you know in your head, you can't make right. it just, just being like, gesture. I'll try. Like, you know, I, I would really like, will. yeah, that was like enough for us. Um, but so I was like, Oh my God, like, Oh, here's the schedule. And I gave him like the whole breakdown. Like these are, this is doors. This is when we're actually going on, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, but, and I said in the message, I was like, but like, I 
we looked at my schedule and see you have a game. So like, you know, no pressure, obviously. Um, and then I start thinking about, I'm like, oh my God, like this is like <laughs> a 200 cap, like sweaty room. You know what I mean? Like, right. He's not going to be able to just kind of blend in. He's going to stand right. out like a sore thumb. You know? And it's like, I wish if it was Pier 17 or something, that would be like perfect. You know, they have all these like bougie little rooms he could like go into <laughs> and hide away. You know what I mean? But like, right. whatever. So it was probably like for the best. But um, honestly, I feel like, uh, I feel like judging by the way that you've described him and how other people have like written about him, maybe he would have been down. And it was like, you know, it, it was, was a one nice of the, room. The better 200 caps that exists out there. It's very true. Once I got there, I was like, okay, this isn't like, yeah, it, it was nice. But um, next time. I can't imagine just like catching a Pete Alonzo elbow in the pit. Like, that's a big guy. That's a big mm-hmm. yeah. dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I could see him like trying to crowd surf for some shit. But, uh, <laughs> but God, I know I was like fantasizing about it. I'm like, oh my God, the crowd would go fucking insane if we were just like, <laughs> shout out to Pete Alonzo. Alonzo. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, can you imagine? But, um, yeah, whatever. So we get there. We play the show. Um, I like kind of joked about it on the mic or whatever. I was like, I'm assuming like some people here have seen the Pete Alonso stuff. And they're like, yeah. And then I was like, um, I was like, he did reach out to us and he apparently likes the band, but he's not here tonight because he is busy playing baseball for the New York Mets. <laughs> <laughs> not sure if you've heard of them. Um, yeah. So uh, Lindsay let me know that when he listened to the the music, he was like, it reminds me of early Paramore. Yeah. And so the Pete Alonzo Pool Kids Suite was w- the biggest crossover event in my life until the Paramore <laughs> Pool Kids Tweet. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you guys, um, well, I want to hear a lot about like your musical influences and stuff like that. But um, what what was that like to to meet Haley Williams and hear that the band actually like yeah. knows your stuff and cares it, and stuff and like was, has has for years at this point? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the first hit was like or the first like you know shock was when she first just out of nowhere in like 2018 put us on her Instagram story after yeah. her first record. Um, and that yeah, that was like you know out of body. Um, I was like at work and my phone was blowing up and I was in a meeting and I just remember seeing a preview to one of the texts that was like, no one, uh, no one posts about Haley, you know, spelt with the Y, how she does until Christine sees it. And just a lot of like capital letters. And I was like, whoa, like <laughs> did something happen with Haley Williams? Like what the fuck? And I was like stuck in this fucking meeting. And then I got out and it was just like insanity, like best day of my life. And then, uh, she was nice enough to actually like talk to me a little bit like afterwards like I DM'd her telling her how much she like means to me and stuff and she was so fucking nice like had a full on like conversation back and forth um saying all this nice encouraging stuff and then she was like maybe I'll like catch y'all someday and she was like I remember she looked back at our tour flyer and was like oh I see you passed through Nashville recently like oh I missed it but like let me know and I was like damn okay bet like I will let you know so <laughs> There were a few times where we'd go through Nashville and I would DM her and she always had like much like Pete Alonzo having a baseball game. She would have some crazy. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm like headlining Bonnaroo right now or just, you know, right. crazy I'm, shit like that. I'm and opening like, for Taylor Swift's first night yeah. of the year. Exactly. Tour. So. The, the Bonnaroo one was like, oh, yeah, we, we forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on, that was on us. Like, we should have like known, you know what I mean? But Anyway, she always like responded and was very nice, but had like a legitimate reason to not. And then we decided to like, you know, stop inviting her because we didn't want to like punish her. Like we didn't want to be annoying. So we were like, let's pump the brakes. Like 
just be, you know, happy with what happened. Um, and then fast forward, we're opening for Sunny Day Real Estate and um, we have a Nashville show and it didn't even cross my mind, but like, you know, Haley Williams, everyone knows is like a true like music fan and like she keeps yeah. up with like emo music and, you know, and Sunny Day Real Estate are like fucking like legends in this world. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and you know, I know she goes to shows, so I should have thought of it, but I, I didn't make the connection. And then Sunny Day's TM comes into our green room, like literally before we're about to play pretty much. And we knew nothing about this beforehand. Like Haley did not like, you know, no one messaged us or emailed us about this happening. The TM just comes in a room and is like, Hey, so we have like um, a special guest tonight. Um, it's Paramore. And I li- thought she was like fucking with us. So I was like, ha! like, yeah, yeah, Nashville, like Paramore's coming. And then she's like, <laughs> so yeah, just like stay away from the booth that's on uh, stage left, like upstairs. Cause that's like reserved for them. And I was like, Oh, she's serious. Like <laughs> they actually are here and have a reserved booth. Like, Oh my God. And then she leaves. Um, Funny enough, the TM's name is also Haley with a Y. But um, huh. yeah, so then we're just like, holy shit, freaking out, like, keep it together. Um, and we play a show. Um, not like our best show, but like whatever. We were like, kept trying to look for her in the crowd, and but it was like dark and I couldn't totally tell. Andy, well, though, clocked her <laughs> at one point. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm the least sight challenged in our band so that is true. <laughs> often when there's like somebody in the crowd that that's being looked over for uh or by anybody in our band i'm usually the one that could spot them and um yeah she was up in the mezzanine and at first i was like oh fuck that's Haley williams and i started to just like really focus and play like <laughs> with all the intensity that i could muster and then i was thinking to myself ah Maybe that wasn't her. Like that's that's like wishful thinking. Like you're an idiot. And we walked off. And uh, a couple minutes later, I was like upstairs looking for my keys because I constantly misplace everything. And I opened the door that went from uh, our green rooms to the like upstairs bar area. And she was just standing there, like fifteen feet in front of the door, and came right up to me. And it, you approached yeah. him. Yeah, it was just like I, I felt like I was having an out of body experience. She was like, "You're in pool kids. I'm Haley," and I'm like <laughs> thinking yeah, to myself, no "Like, shit. duh." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, "Taylor, Taylor, come here." And you know, Taylor, yeah, her boyfriend, the guitar Taylor, player. Like, yeah, I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my, like, like, what is going on?" And they were being so nice and complimentary, and I was just like, "They need to come to the green room right now." Like everybody in the band needs to like converge on the green room right now. And brought her back there. Christine was crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I went down to the green room, and because at this point, it like Andy was like, "Yes, she is here." Like I saw her, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like it actually happened. It actually happened because the whole set, I'm sort of playing as if she's not there because I'm like she probably like couldn't make it you know to catch our early set like it's fine um but so then I he tells me she is there I go to the green room and that's when I had my like cry I was like oh my god like I'm fucking meeting her tonight and I'm thinking I'm like what do I like tell her I'm like I don't even know you know and uh 
then as soon as I'm taking off my like giant like boots and my like <laughs> she caught me like mid like boot off like feet all over like socks everywhere and she just opens the door to the green room and I was just like ah! like oh my god <laughs> and I just yeah freaked out she hung out like the whole night um we were talking she was like complimenting Caden's snare tone and like just being so fucking nice like just like showering us with like compliments and like nice stuff and it was just like unbelievable and like Taylor too and then Sunny Day starts and she was like oh my god we can't miss Sunny Day and then um we watched Sunny Day then like afterwards we didn't even like sell like we were selling our own merch for that tour and we were like nah like we need to go (laughs) so we definitely lost we'll take the hit yeah we'll take the hit this time yeah (laughs) but um yeah Yeah, it was just such a a strange experience like standing in the green room when like or in the hallway to the green rooms with sunny day real estate greatness and like taylor and Haley, and we're just like in between them like everyone's having a nice conversation it's just like it's one of those moments that will live with us forever for sure and like the fact that they were so nice is like incredibly affirming they could have totally just you know, been nice and been like, oh, that was really fun. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. a vague compliment. Mm-hmm. And even that, it would have been like, oh my God, like so nice, blah, blah, blah. But they like, I don't know. It was, it was just very That's exciting. one of the things I, I love about Paramore though, is that like, they're truly like, they're musicians, musicians though. Like the fact yeah. that they would compliment yes. the snare tone specifically. Yeah. Because like they all started as drummers, you know, like they, <laughs> I love that. Like, that's such a cool thing about them as a band in the scene. Like that they blew up too, but they still noticed small stuff like that. Is really yeah. Cool. Like she name dropped Snapcase and I almost fainted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I mean, what else? She she said that when she walked in, Christine was like hitting like a really high, like loud, like belting note. And she said that it was like when Wayne sees Cassandra for the first time. In Wayne's I was world. Like, I was like, are like you the kidding most me? insane like, dream thing sequence? To hear. What? Yeah. yeah, from like the person I, I just like in terms of like influences and stuff like I growing up um, mostly started out like my dad listened to like strictly classic rock like the same like 20 songs on repeat and I was like yeah like that's what's cool like I was parroting him like new Mm -hmm. music sucks and then like I heard Paramore and I that like changed my life it was my whole thing you know Paramore 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 and like you know I've just been following them since I was like 11 or 12 and like she's just like my biggest like she's like my fucking idol and to not only be able to like meet my actual idol but for her to also like be so fucking like nice to me and then also like say she's like a genuine fan of like the stuff that I'm making that I'm making like because of her you know what I mean it's just like it, it can't like get any like more awesome than that like I'll I'll never top that in my life but so y- y'all have y'all have had a year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Truly. You're I mean you you finally I think have um some time off the road. I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, um in in theory maybe but Like a couple weeks and then we're going to Japan which is crazy. Are are you, are you all the the type of people who you know I 
I feel like some bands are like we we want to tour. That's like that's where we get our energy from. Is like being out on the road. Are you like you know a little relieved when you get home and you can finally take off your boots and like you know kick your feet up? I mean, where do where do y'all fall on that? It like varies. I feel like right now I'll speak for myself, but um, right now I think we're a little like burnt out, honestly, um, and it's like getting pretty fucking exhausting but i don't want to sound like ungrateful though because yeah um i am like so happy that we're staying busy and that things are going well you know but um i definitely am like excited to get home now but i'm sure if i if i eventually get an adequate break of like more than like a month then or more than like two months maybe then i'll probably be back to like yeah let's get on the road you know yeah i don't know what about you andy i said it like while we were out this summer, we, you know, we had just done up to that point, we had toured like most of the Midwest and the West Coast with Pup and Joyce Manor. We spent a full month in Europe with Law Dispute and Oceanator and then did like headline shows of our own. Then, like, pretty much as soon as we got back, we did another handful of shows with Pup and Beach Bunny. We went into the studio. Then we did a 40-day summer tour. And, and then straight from that, did Soccer Mommy. Yeah. That was like, we played like, we literally zigzagged the country within like a week. It, like it was... Yeah, it's, it's very rare that you play two shows in Colorado a month apart from each other. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we did that. <laughs> we, we were everywhere. This, this like the first nine months of this year, or I guess from like February to September of this year was like very touring intensive. And then, you know, we just, we actually like kind of said we weren't going to take any more shows. And then the Sunny Day real estate stuff came up. We couldn't say no to that, obviously. (laughs) So we were like, all right, fine. (laughs) Good problems to have, but nonetheless, very exhausting. Exactly, yeah. We thought there was going to be like more of a, a break between, you know, end of summer touring we were going to do some writing no matter what. And then, yeah, Japan is coming up. So that should be really fun, though. I, I'm i really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I mean, touring is awesome. It's where you see like all your hard work kind of pay off, you know. But um, yeah, definitely with this band especially, I really enjoy being in the studio. I wanted to ask about that, actually, because so when we talked to Steve Sledkowski from Pub, last time we usually talk to him like right around the beginning of the year so we can talk about how he thinks this is the year for the blue jays and then it just like never works out for them (laughs) poor guy (laughs) Um, so he's so hopelessly devoted to his toronto he's so indeed for the toronto teams like he's just really i i feel for him sometimes but that's the life of a sports fan you know um we, we talked a lot about how when he's on tour it's like how much do you balance like listening to other music versus like trying to just give your ears a rest versus like trying to be creative and think about when you're going to be in studio next because like they're they're truly like a touring band like they're they tour a lot much like the, the last year for you guys and i think that their fans like really respect and appreciate that because mm-hmm. it it deepens the you know connection with the band when they're they come into the they come into your city and they give you an amazing show and they're like super nice people and like they make it fun and safe yeah. and welcoming for everybody but also at the same time like you got to make new music to like continue your career and like advance right. it and 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 be creative. So like what is your relationship to like 
playing the music that you already have out there and like still trying to be creative and also like still try to hear other bands on the scene and like have appreciation for them but not have that too much influence like your own creativity like how does that work for for your band and for for you as artists when you're on tour in terms of like keeping up and listening to other bands and stuff honestly the the touring actually makes that part a little easier just because you have so much time in the van like you like run out of music to listen to you know what i mean like yeah so that van time usually goes towards like you know hearing like the new stuff that everyone's dropping and stuff um but yeah, we don't, like, write on the road. I, like, don't know how that's possible unless you're on, like, a bus um, and can ha- hold an instrument in your hand on long drive days. But yeah. um, we're very much, like... That's another reason why I, like, want a break so bad so that I can, like, sit down and, like, write. <laughs> um, but we're very, like... We're a long-distance band. Um, our drummer's in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm in Miami. Andy's in Melbourne. Florida and um, Nicolette is in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. So we like, if I have enough, like a few weeks to myself, I can like shit out like a couple demos and then um, of just like the bare skeleton of a song. And then we just have to have like a marathon meetup, usually like before a tour or just like a, you know, random week that we decide we're going to write. And then we just all fly into the same place and like, yeah, everyone like kind of private process private practices the demos before we meet up and then we show up and everyone just like shares ideas and we like flesh it out so that's kind of how our process goes at least you you also uh, uh dropped a split ep this year um, oh, yeah. uh with with your own alter egos pool the 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 with ourselves you're right exactly <laughs> um i i'm just kind of wondering i mean this is kind of a a long running maybe thread right you you dropped a like a two song charity single i think maybe mm-hmm. like 5 years ago or so and that was actually um, the day we dropped that was actually the day that Haley williams put us on her story Wow. Which was April Fool's Day, which we at first thought it was some type of sick joke. But, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's how that started. I, I mean, I'm just kind of wondering how, you know, that idea bubbled back up that amid everything else that was going on yeah. this year, you were like, hey, let's, you know, play around in this sandbox a little bit more. I mean, how does that kind of yeah. differ maybe from how you put the rest of your music together? It's a lot different. The, I mean, the idea came up, Caden had pitched it years ago. Um, doing pool in general was Caden's idea, our drummer. Um, and you know we did the first release, and then after that he was like, "Oh my god, split with ourselves!" Like he just threw it out there, and I immediately was like, "Yes, like fuck yes, <laughs> we have to." Um, but then you know it's a matter of like again, it's such an ordeal with us figuring out how to write and like all the planning and everything just takes so fucking long. Um, and so then every year, like when it kind of would come around, like start thinking about april fools i was like okay wait like are we should we do this like should we revisit this idea and we were always back and forth about it you know for one reason or another whether or not we should even actually do it um and then finally all four of us were just like yes we should do it but we were like but we can't make it happen by april fool's day again um like it you know it's not gonna be able to be an april fool's tradition anymore but we were just like, damn, like, okay, if we pencil it in, like, we came straight from which tour, Andy, was it that we went straight from the studio? Uh, that was after um, Europe, Europe with Law Dispute. Okay. Yeah, we were like, if we go straight into the studio, like, from Europe and just, like, 
bang it out then like and we were like we don't have to do like new pool kids songs because if it was if the pool kids side was like completely new songs we would not have been able to like make it happen but we were like let's do some reimagined versions and then let's do one song that like the instruments were already done on um and yeah the, the pool songs take us like 30 seconds to like write <laughs> so <laughs> we we were pretty confident we could like get it done um yeah i don't know it's pretty much how that happens <laughs> yeah definitely like worn down by the uh the lingering idea of the split yeah and oh you know what it was uh the the main thing that like triggered us to like okay now is the time is our um managers we just got managers for the first time this year they were like you should really like put something out or like do something like before your first headliner so Mm. that's where the rush came from because like Mm. it had to be out before the july headliner so we were like yeah and we were like how we're on the road and then we're like okay we found these like two weeks that we can like you know get it done is that so. just because like they want to have something new like available to like buy it, and stream or like what's it the really helps that? for promoting uh, a tour especially when you know our lp from last year came out in july yeah and it's you know almost a year after which isn't like super out of the ordinary it just really helps to have like something new just that like maybe all the streaming yeah talking about because then they like look at you and then they say oh they're on tour and then they buy the tickets rather than like if you've been yeah. quiet for too long they you know yeah. feel like oh no one's gonna see it or know about it can i so I, I wanted to ask about the four or so years between the two like full-length records yeah and just what that was like for you guys <laughs> because obviously like you put out this the first record and you know we talked a little bit about Haley putting on her story and stuff, but like it's still your first record, like you're a small band, like trying to get on the scene, and then like you're ready to do this tour with Wonder Years, and then like yeah. three weeks later, COVID happens and that gets fully canceled. But then you know we come out of that. But like for as a create a creative band, like what do those four years look like, and how does it evolve, like your sound and your creativity and your artistry, like the leveling up from first album to second album that every band goes through, but you guys having the unique experience of having like a once in a hundred year pandemic in between, like what, what does that look like? It was, uh, God, there was just like so many factors and things that changed from, you know, that time to now. And I mean, the biggest difference in terms of like our sound was just like our first record was, it was just me and then Caden on drums and so, and it sounds that way, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very like minimal and like, you know, pulled back and like, I didn't spend nearly as much time, like, I don't know, pulling the songs apart and like really working on them. And then we finally became like a full band, you know, after that record came out, um, is when, yeah, the four of us were finally like, okay, this is pool kids. Um, you know, and all of us are going to contribute and yeah, we just like, had to figure out how to like write together, like how we work, you know, and how these like, you know, long distance fly in like meetups would go. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a lot of like flying in and meeting up, like, like wore masks, like during like the practice, I was like belting into like a, like, like spitty mask for like eight hours a day. Like it was like, that's rock and roll right there. Fucking sucked. Like it was horrible. Like, honestly, um, but, but it's really interesting to have like our first 
like real lengthy writing experience come at, you know, December 2020 when yeah. we're all trying to stay separate from one another, wearing the masks. Um, you know, we're still like as close as we were as friends, like we really didn't know too much about each other as like, you know, musicians, like how we yeah. actually work together, like how you communicate like an idea from one person to another. Who has you know, the better things- like drum talk, like who can communicate yeah. with go boom, cut, you know, like <laughs> yeah. just shit like that. It's like a really delicate language that everyone needs, like any band like develops over like a very long amount of time. And because there was such a gap between like the actual touring that we were doing on that Wonder Years tour, which is like what February into March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't link up to actually start, you know, working on Christine's demos until December of that year. So that's a lot of time apart. And then, you know, I'm also trying to like add my flavor to to the pool kids stew and you know it's it's what a, a delicate how, thing how would you describe your flavor what is your flavor uh, <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> definitely like i try to make like technical sounding guitar parts that fit into like a poppy sensibility so maybe delightfully mathy but palatable <laughs> oh my God. Say. <laughs> yeah one could say like like we all we all listen to a lot of different types of music and there's very few bands that we all agree on and we try to like take those you know those elements that make those bands work for all of us and like implement those styles through our own voices you yeah. know yeah yeah i mean who are what, some of those are, bands yeah yeah you want to kick it off christine well, I, oh, I, I couldn't tell what you said. We literally just spoke over time. each other. No, we, well, we both said the same so, thing. <laughs> what, are the, what, are, what are the, what are the some bands? You yeah. <laughs> just did it again. But, okay, <laughs> I heard it that time. Okay, what are some of the bands? This um, is like a who's on first situation. Yeah. Uh, like the bands that we listen to? Yeah, um, yeah. Who are the bands that you all agree? Oh, the ones that we all... Okay, this is actually a pretty funny topic. We like... It's very hard to find a band that all four of us equally like loves like to the same degree. And there's really only like a few. Um Lincoln Park was on there until recently. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> the good thing is, even when there's like a three out of four situation, usually the fourth person, whoever's like the outlier, is like, I respect them. Like, right. <laughs> like we decide like Lincoln Park was on the list and then I like really was like okay no these are these have to be only bands that all of us like equally love and Nicola I was like do we all love Lincoln Park and Nicola was like ah. she's like I respect Lincoln Park but I don't think I love them and I was like okay then they're we're going to take them off but she wasn't going to she wasn't going to steal valor there she's yeah, like exactly <laughs> um so paramore <laughs> Uh, Great Grandpa, Turnstile, and King of Heck. Honorable mentions, Black Man, <laughs> um, which is like a little Florida man. But yeah, those are some of the big, uh, the big four. Um, definitely that Great Grandpa record. Um, we all love that, and that's how we like decided who was actually going to produce the self-titled record. Um, his name is Mike Verdon Davis. Um, yeah, and he did the Great Grandpa record, and we were lucky enough to have him agree to do our record. So. Lots of influence there. I, I feel like a real mark because um, when when Alex and I got to college, we were college roommates together. 
Um, the oh. first thing I did was uh, hang up a Paramore poster and tell him that in my childhood bedroom there was a Linkin Park poster hanging up. So uh, I feel like a real <laughs> mark for just like all the musical nice. influences that went into Pool Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it's, you, you've kind of uh, alluded to it a little bit, but kind of what is coming down the the pipeline for you guys, or, or and and is there anything that's kind of going on? I guess extracurricular wise, you know, like outside of the band that y'all are excited excited for. Um, well, in terms of inside the band, uh, we are really just trying to write as much as we can. Um, uh, Andy mentioned like December of twenty twenty. I guess was our first like writing session for um, the self titled record which is two like two and a half years after we released our first record and like i was gonna say we like to like blame covid for like oh that's why we had a four years in between but like the fact that i didn't realize that you really have to start writing the next record like as soon as you release the last one you know what i mean and that's like a huge thing that i learned from that like oh shit it really does take two years to like write a record you know and so this time I've like learned from that lesson and we're like deep in writing. Um, yeah. Any chance we get now? Um, I'm just like trying to like shit out these demos. And then anytime the band is together, we're just like, can we squeeze in a writing day? Um, you know, stuff like that. That's really the band's like biggest focus um, outside of the band. I don't know. I don't have any life outside of the band at this point. I'm literally either like in the van or I'm at home trying to write a song. Like that's the extent of my life right now. Or DMing with Pete Alonso, of course. Or, or that. Which, by the way, I was going to say, the last thing on that is um, I just bought tickets to our high school reunion 10 years. Oh, um, yes. The yes, gauntlet on, is thrown. On December 22nd. And I'm super curious. if I feel like he has to come because he's definitely like the most famous person other than this one like girl that's like TikTok famous now. I don't know if you've seen that Cat Stickler girl on TikTok. I don't know. Anyway. She's like has like millions of followers. So it's her and Pete Alonso are definitely the most famous people from our class. And I feel like they have to be there. But we'll see. I'll let y'all know. Right. That's those those events are targeted at those kinds of people. Right. Like the ones who made it and can come shine. back and flex you a little to bit. Shine. Yeah. Like the big like peacocking contest. Yeah. <laughs> have y'all had a chance to make it out to a Mets game? Is that something that whatever it have, is ever like on the table as like a as like a group, you know? Um, sometimes every once in a while we try to like just go to like a sports game. I think it's only successfully happened once. It was like a Denver uh, the Nuggets. Yeah, we versus... went to the uh, Miami Heat Denver Nuggets game where uh, Jokic uh, elbowed Markeith Morris in the back. Oh my and, god! Like, <laughs> like you were at that game? Yeah, cool we, we, kids we were was there. there. <laughs> we were there. It's like ground zero for like the Jokic myth. <laughs> it Amazing. was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And I was the only one that like jumped out of my seat screaming like, that's bullshit. And then like 50 dudes got up around me and they're like, what'd you say? Yeah. I was like, nothing, sir. I assume you're a Heat fan then. That's why you're at the game. Yes. Yeah. I grew up in Miami, you know. Yeah. Heat, Panthers, Marlins, Dolphins, you know. Yeah. I mean, none, like none of us are technically like Mets fans you know what I mean like I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna act like you know but right. I mean I would consider myself a fan of Pete so maybe and you know he showed interest in coming to a pool kids show so maybe <laughs> now it's part of the lore maybe, I mean now, yeah, now maybe, it has to happen maybe I'll bring the band to, to watch Pete I don't know maybe someday <laughs> I'm sure Pete is a lovely guy I told this to Christine recently I was like you will not catch me dead in a Mets jersey <laughs> <laughs> 
I respect that. You won't catch but, me dead in a Marlins jersey either, though. So yeah, it's okay. but like, <laughs> respect, you know, respect. that's just uh, that's what sports fandom is about, right? Like, I'd be stoked to meet him. I bet he's cool. You know, we have a friend, Frankie, who's a drummer in multiple bands. I think uh, her main band is Max Steel. Um, she's actually toured with Paramore, not not like playing for them, but like uh, with a band that was opening for them. And she actually got to play drums on Misery Business, though, which is crazy. But anyway, she is a huge Mets fan. Like, that's like her number one personality personality trait is that she's a Mets fan. And her um, girlfriend, she was telling me this recently, actually. She was like, yeah, I told my girlfriend when we started dating, like, listen, you are a Mets fan now. <laughs> like, that, like, that's just how it works. And then, like, recently, her girlfriend was like, you know what? Like, I got to be honest with you, like, I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Pete Alonzo fan. That <laughs> was like funny, but they make it work. <laughs> um, that's that's amazing. I like I like the the decision. Like you don't have the autonomy when you're in a relationship with someone right. who's that much of a sicko. Like I kind of am that person. So I've d- basically done that to everyone else in my life. Yeah. It's like if you're gonna be around me, like it'd just be much more frictionless for you to be a Mets fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, you need easier. to like really be sensitive around. Uh, the sports fans like when they suffer a big loss and stuff so yeah andy christine thank you so much it was great to meet you it's great to have you on um thank you any any specific yeah, yeah. place that you want to point people to here at the end of this just or just go check out pool kids wherever you listen to music <laughs> um yeah i guess just like keep up with us like on our social medias it's pool kids band on everything so you, you can just always see if we're touring just check our social medias and there we probably flyers. are <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Come to a show. Please buy t-shirts. That's the only way we get money, pretty much. <laughs> Just traveling t-shirt salespeople. Yes, we are a t-shirt brand. That's like person. kind of the way that every industry is going. It's like, oh, yeah. I just got to have to that's, sell t-shirts now. That's kind that's of what happened crazy. with us as well. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's podcasting <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Take it easy. Thank you to Christine and Andy. Thank you for listening. You at home. Thank you to everybody who signed up for the Patreon this past week. I don't know who you are yet because we're recording this well in advance. By that same token, if some big news happened that is tipping pitches adjacent in our universe, I apologize that we didn't talk about it. We banked these interviews um, in an effort to not have to record over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend with all of the travel that we'll be doing and just because it's it's the off season and you know it's it's nice to sometimes not have to fire up the mics and talk about the newest thing uh but i promise that if anything did happen we will discuss it next week when we are doing a full mailbag episode um well you you should know i'll still be here next week i mean i can't record or edit any of it but i will be seated in front of a microphone oh okay ready ready to talk whether you're here or not a guy sitting in front of a microphone not connected to anybody in his Brooklyn apartment is like is real like museum of modern art territory. <laughs> right. Like if, if a guy you, if a if guy pods a an apartment and no one's around to hear it. <laughs> if you took a microphone and a chair and sat at the Museum of Modern Art and just sat there in silence, people would be like, what a brave statement. Yeah. <laughs> about masculinity in the 2020s. <laughs> a guy yeah, who's the Atlantic would have a whole profile himself. of me. <laughs> um so next week we'll be doing a full mailbag episode that includes questions that people email us tippingpigeonspot at gmail.com if you want to tweet at us DM us 
that works too. Or uh, I love I always love when we get voicemails for a mailbag episode. Seven seven eight five four two two five eight eight one. If you want to call in, uh, we're going to be catching up on a lot of the voicemails and, and questions that we've gotten over the last month ish or so. Um, and then also later this week, if you are a patron on Thursday, you will be getting a full uh, another full mailbag episode about of the questions that were left over or didn't make sense for our 300th episode mailbag, the power hour. So there was a handful of questions, which we loved, which just, we were not going to be able to answer in, in the span of one minute. And we saved those for a future date. That is, this is that future date Thursday on the Patreon bonus feed. And you can find out how to get that over at patreon.com slash tipping pitches. That's everything I got, Alex. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Any more bands, any playlists you got that you want to drop for people? The Tipping Pitches playlist is, is bumping. Maybe we throw that link in the description this time through. That's a great idea. I, I mean, I, because I have not been using Spotify recently, I don't actually get to see how it is evolving. It's because over you don't time. want me to have a salary and you don't yes, support the Ringer Union's activity at Spotify. Yeah, I'm actively boycotting. I'm actively because you don't from think Spotify. we should have a union. <laughs> You're like, the Ringer Union was the reason I left Spotify. <laughs> right, right. No man, uh, no no other bands. There aren't any other bands. No other band. No other only no band other is artists. Pool Kids. The only band is Pool Kids, and uh, I encourage y'all to check them out. Until another band comes on this pod, they are the the band. Capital they're, T, capital they are, B. They are the, the one. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next week. I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!